Hurt by Mucinets. It's a simple game. It's a simple game. Point shooter at Iowa State and has translated it into a great start to his NBA career with Sacramento and now Indiana. White to Williams, doing it again. Yes, sir. Oh, bang, bang, bang. Beats the buzzer. Back-to-back -back trays from Williams. Good defense to Osubu and Vucevic. White being chased by Duarte. Takes it in on here. There you go. No shot blocker back to that time. Levine. Derek Jones Jr. appearing in a game for the first time in a few. Turns right into McConnell, who is trying to draw the charge. This can go two for one at the end of this third quarter. Can go two for one at the end of this third quarter. Levine drives it all the way. Oh, what the to Nosumu. Oh, what a high floater by Nosumu. Nice move by Io. Oh, nine. He's taking two threes, but he's got seven free throws. Kobe White with the blow by, and it just hung on to fall down. Seemingly can't get closer than a couple possessions. White to Williams. Great pass and finish. Oh, Carolina boys. And welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Olympic Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with the Miss with the Kim McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and at Keita McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, so you can catch our other live shows. They're aired throughout the week, so you haven't to miss them. You can always go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago, Chicago app today. Speaking of sports on Chicago, please follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. And speaking of our podcast, you can subscribe to our podcast by uh, hopping on, subscribing at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. It's W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, that's at War on Anchor. And while you're at it, Please follow War Media at WARR Media on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll and or do something stupid. I've given Lakina full power to give you full stability and be a boot. Bye-bye. But before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate the squad and give it the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If, if you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download Sports on Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, but you have some handheld handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook like I'm using right now, your personal PC like Lakina's using right now, just download the Roku TV app and access SportsZone Chicago. So no more excuses. Get with the program and celebrate with the squad. SportsZone Chicago is not on Roku TV 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand.
anywhere, anywhere, but no matter what the weather, I know it's a little gray here in this, in this, in this part of the, in this part of the country, yep. but you can just chill, you know, watch your weather, it's, you know, at noontime, which is lunchtime, and also, but also too, if you get off at two or three in the morning, you need someplace, you have to go back, you know, that commute for that early morning commute, you, know, you can listen to us right there and, wa and watch us. And you know, we will provide, <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get it started, Lakina. As uh, so we will dive into the Chicago Bulls right now, they are twenty nine and thirty six, and you can still call it. Uh, technically, they're in a playoff race. Uh, the way they performed this weekend, they went zero for two for the weekend, losing both games at the UC. They lost to to the Phoenix Suns on Friday night. They lost again to the Indiana Pacers yesterday, one twenty two. 125 to 122. Zach Levine with 41 points. Lakina, uh, the, I, I don't know where to go go with this. For, 42 points for Zach Levine. 23 for DeMar DeRozan. Uh, uh, Trace Halliburton for, for the Indiana Pacers had 29 points, including the game-winning three-pointer. Lakina, I know we celebrated Patrick Beverly. Uh, uh, we gave him his props for the first couple of games that the Bulls won ever when he was required off the waiver wire. But this is much deeper, obviously, than Patrick Beverly. Uh, after looking at yesterday's game, I don't know where to go from here for the Bulls. We're not going to get into the whole tanking situation. That's uh, I'm not going to go through that. I hate repeating myself. But where does this Bulls team go from here? And what are you looking forward to uh, from now to the end of the season? Right now, it's just like, this team is not playing together. Some players are going through the motions. Uh, I, I don't know what to do right now, Lakina. I'm I'm doing a Jordan Schwab for those listening back on the podcast. Yeah, I, I don't know. know what to do with this team at this point. Yeah, it's one of those things where you just I, I saw our, our buddy at Vernon Fairley's uh, tweet saying that the, can the Bulls was four for the season. And it seems like more and more folks are doing the whole, hey, let the Bulls tank mode, like trying to get a top four pick. One, there's no guarantee that the Bulls, should they tank, I'm doing the air quotes here for those who are going to be you know, listening to us on War Media, there's no guarantee that if they do tank, there's no guarantee they're going to get that, that top four pick. So I don't, you know, people want to do the whole, like, well, hey, let's take for the top four or whatever, but what, 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 you know, no, this team's not bad enough to tank. I'm sorry. that That's just not, you know, that's not in their nature. I mean, Zach, you know, Zach Levine had 42 points, which is a season high for him. DeRosa had 23 um, Vooch had, had 12 and nine boards. Yes, the Pacers, you know, shot 20 more times than the Bulls. The Bulls mm -hmm. actually shot better from three than, the, than them. They just made the Pacers made the big shots late. I mean, the Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton, who I was a big fan of when, I, when he was at uh, uh, Iowa State, you know, he was all big 12. Mm -hmm. You know, look, look, I mean, you know, Pat Bev, you're defending the best he could from that three point shot that was a go ahead shot that ended up winning the game for the Pacers. But also, you know, two uh, series prior to that, Hallie Burton, you know, I don't want to say he uh, pulled a LeBron and uh, did the fake out, but uh, <laughs> Pat supposedly bumped into him. And, you know, of course, he you know, had came back from a knee injury that he had suffered uh, early in the season. You know, it looked like he kind of, you know, basically he kind of aggravated it. And, you know, he uh, posted a little, a little video of, you know, basically, uh, you know, talking trash, if you will, to Pat mm -hmm. Bev. To me, that wasn't that wasn't very uh, nice. I mean, you know, for me, look, I'm all for that, but it seemed a little bit, a little bit of gamesmanship there. You know, the Bulls were up one. That kind of ch changed, like, sort of like the direction of it. That three point, uh, they oh, they still had a shot to you know tie into force overtime, but you know, Zach was double teamed, and you know, Demar, Demar was like on on the uh, other side in the corner, and of course, you know, they only had about two two point eight left, so Vooch had to, uh, and they had another timeout too, so they, they could have mm -hmm. just called a timeout and. 
you know, try to set something up for you to maybe get the rose in the ball. But look, if it is what it is with this team, I mean, look, like I said before, we'll get to the rest of the East in a second because I think that look, there's going to be kind of like a log jam. They're still right there. They're not eliminated yet. I'm not going to cheer from the tank. I know some people have are, including some of our old, our, our old good friends from uh, CHU, uh, Matt Peck and Dave Watson. I'm not going to do that. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, that this team, you look, you're, you're more than three quarters of the way through the season now. Is it coaching? Is it this? Is it personnel? I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. And I'm not going to, you know, going to drive myself explaining to people that, you know, that you shouldn't tank, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Shout out to our new guy, LaRon Jones. I'm checking in from Facebook. He said that the Pacers got the, he got the, the Pacers got the Bulls number on speed dial. Yes. The Pacers and a whole lot of other bad teams that the Bulls are losing to this year, like the Washington Wizards, uh, the heat and so forth. Yeah. So thanks for checking in LaRon. Uh, on the flip side of that, for the for the Chicago Bulls, Lakina, I am encouraged by what I'm seeing from Patrick Williams, especially uh, those clips uh, at the top of the show, courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. By the way, we want to get that out there. Thank them one and all for those highlights. I've been I've mean, been impressed by Patrick Williams. He looks like he's been playing much better coming off the bench. Kobe White, I know he had seven points in yesterday's loss, but he's been playing uh, much better. He may be a possible trade. Chip again this summer. We shall see about that. And Ayo Dusumu, I want to see what he could do. He had a couple of nice plays yesterday, but I'm really encouraged by those three guys that that we I call we called out uh, over the last week or so. Ever since Patrick Beverly was picked up off the waiver wire, but hopefully those guys can learn from a veteran like Pat uh, Beverly. So I'm impressed by those three gentlemen that I just mentioned in Williams, Kobe White, and Ayo Dusumu. How they they try to pick up their play ever since Patrick Williams was picked up. Yeah, and I think that Beverly was picked up rather. Yeah, yeah, I think that was a, that's always a good sign. If, you know, if the one thing that Pep has done is that he has been kind of a mentor for those young guys. So for me, mm-hmm. I think that's always kind of been the thing. I mean, yeah, he's done some silly things, but you know what? I mean, you know, he's basically coming in what you what you expect. So like, I don't know if you know shooting is a problem or whatever, but it, mm-hmm. it's just like I, I I kind of feel like though this is sort of like the thing. Like I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Bulls because I, mm-hmm. I know they're a better NBA. Uh, teams and games to talk about but uh yeah I, I think look it is what it is with the bulls right now i mean it, i mean I, I don't know what else i can say at this point i've kind of you know ran out of adjectives i mean they play they go at denver you know on wednesday so that's gonna be a tough one they start their uh the west coast road trip because the big ten tournament's gonna be at the uc uh um, you know starting on wednesday so yeah not to interrupt lakina but i'm just looking at my tv monitor right now the united States concession workers strike uh, started, I guess, over the weekend. I'm mm-hmm. looking at some clips right now on my monitor. So, and, you know, like you said, the Big Ten tournament is there later on this week. So, hopefully, they can strain out that situation. So, uh, continue. Yeah, yeah. The, hopefully, they can figure that out. I know there were a lot of people picketing uh, uh, yesterday you know, during the game. So, hopefully, they can figure that out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going back to the you know, finish up the Bulls. Thought, I mean, look, I, I look. It is what it is with this team at this point. Like, I, I don't. There's nothing else I can really say, or, or you know, there's nothing else we can really say or do. So, like, I, I don't know. Let's let's just let's just move move on. So, this is Second City Sports on Sports Zone <laughs> Chicago. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, with you. Let's talk about the rest of the NBA. Some interesting games uh, yesterday, you know, outside of the Pacers Bulls game. Uh, we'll start. Excuse me. We'll start in Dallas, where uh, the Suns got a, a nice you know, big win. It's ever since you know when, uh, Kevin Durant was traded there and. It, it was one of those sort of games where they, they had different, you know, shots to win it. Let me if I get my uh, screen up here for a second. But yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll start with we'll start with that. In, uh, in, excuse me, in Dallas, you know, Phoenix, one thirty, one twenty six win over the Mavs. You know, Kevin Durant had thirty seven points. You know, his highest since coming back. 
Luca had 34. Dallas had their you know, various chances to kind of you know sort of you know try to kind of you know not only tie it but also end up winning it. But a couple of big shots late by the Suns and they got a nice win. Probably one of their biggest wins since they, since being back at full strength. Yeah, on the flip side for Dallas, it was nice for Tim Murray Jr. to show up. He had 21 points off the bench, and I expected him to be that third scorer next to Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. It was nice to see him uh, uh, step up yesterday. On the flip side for Phoenix, DeAndre Ayton Lakina. I know he had nine points, but he grabbed 16 rebounds. I don't know about you, but ever since I called him out last week, it looks like he's been playing inspired basketball. Of course, the addition of Kevin Durant uh, also helps as well. So DeAndre Ayton looks like he's starting to get back into form like he was a couple of years ago when the Suns reached to help the Suns reach the finals. So let's see if DeAndre Ayton can continue uh, to build up his confidence, build up their resume as we head into the playoffs. The Phoenix Suns, uh, like you said, executed down the stretch, unlike the Dallas Mavericks yesterday. And did you see Luka and, and don't forget Devin Booker had a big mm-hmm. game as well. Devin Booker and Dodgers got into it verbally yesterday. I don't know they were half kidding or half serious, but uh, they had to be separated for a couple minutes, and it was and I think it was left at that. Yeah, uh, Booker had thirty six points. It's actually the third pair. Uh, he and Durant are the per- uh, third, the third pair of uh, Suns uh, teammates to to have at least thirty five points and shoot sixty percent from the field in the same game. Uh, Sean, Joy, Sean Marion, and Mari Sommer, who did no five, and also to. Uh, I guess San Antonio and also to Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, all the way back in 1993 when they did that against the Clippers. Yeah, I don't know if that, I mean, who knows if that was, you know, if they were being playful, if they were just, you know, being playful with one another or just drawing at each mm-hmm. other. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, look, I wouldn't mind seeing seven games of that. Of that. that would be a pretty cool. Well, we saw it last year and you saw the Suns up. Uh... Uh, poop in their pants at home in the game seven. Shout out to our buddy Lamont Scott. Thank you, Lamont, for your support. He says in the comments uh, on our Facebook page at Sports on Chicago, that was a shootout in Texas with no defense at all. Yeah, you know, Dallas, uh, the, one of the reasons why they made a surprise run to the rest of the conference finals last year was their commitment to defense. Uh, that's been uh, totally the opposite this year. I want to discuss, uh, oh, we had to go to the uh, break, Lakina, but mm-hmm. uh, when we return, we'll discuss the rest of the games from over the weekend. I want to get into the Boston the New York Knicks uh, contest last night. That was a classic one that, was, that ended up in double overtime. And it was a, is it, there was a game on Saturday I want to discuss with you. And we'll get into some college basketball as well. Yesterday, not so not so good news for our local teams, but abroad, uh, some things are starting to shape up as far as the NCAA tournament is concerned as the uh, big-time, big conference tournaments will start later this week. We'll have that and a whole lot more as you're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. It's Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom.
Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports of the Monday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's McGee on the IG. We have less than 85 minutes left of this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Makina will get the up on the screen for you. All right, reviewing some games from over the weekend from the round, the association, the NBA for those of you scoring at home. Let's continue with some of the uh, scores from last night. It was the New York, the New York Knicks. Uh, beating the Boston Celtics at TD Bank North Garden, 131 to 129 uh, in double overtime. Emmanuel quickly had a uh, career-high 38 points in 55 minutes. Filling in for the injured point guard, Jalen Brunson. Jason Tatum had 40. Lakina, as I mentioned to you last week on the show, I was listening to both New York radio stations, and a couple of their hosts were saying that the Knicks could surprise people by making the Eastern Conference Finals run. After looking at that game last night, Huge win without Jalen Brunson, but Lakina, I don't know if you paid attention to that last possession for the New York Knicks uh, uh, going into overtime. Zach, uh, I was going to call him Zach Randall. I almost did it, but Julius Randall, Julius their two-time All-Star, lost the ball the last second. But if it mm -hmm. wasn't for the clock, the Knicks would have lost that game. 
But a couple of possessions before that, they were up by seven with a minute and a half to go. I know they were playing without Jalen Brunson, but you still got to find a way to close out uh, games like that against good teams. I know they were playing without Brunson, but if you want to be considered as a, a serious playoff contender, you have to close out uh, games against uh, good teams. Yeah, for me, this is this this is sort of like uh, kind of like a, a Baldwin win. I mean, I mean, okay, look, you got okay, you 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 got your first win against Boston this year. Okay, bravo, good good for you, good for you. I'm not gonna. They should make it two in a week. Well, two, well, yeah, well, two in a week. Yeah, because I forgot they did uh, beat them earlier or about this time last week. But still, mm -hmm. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, look, you know, the, the Celtics they had a rough week. You know, we'll we'll get to that in a second. I mean, there's some, you know. I, I'm not there yet. I'm not there with them saying that, oh, they could perhaps maybe, you know, they'll probably win a series, but they're not going to make it all the way to uh, the, the East is actually, you know, especially in that top tier. To me, it's, it's going to be about matchups. If they end up mm -hmm. playing, you know, maybe, uh, you know, if they end up playing Philly in the semis, I don't think they'll be able to play uh, beat Philly in the seven game series. I just don't see it mm -hmm. happening. We'll get to Philly in the second. They had a, a nice uh, weekend, but yeah, I'm not there yet with them. I mean, look, you got you got a nice win. Emmanuel Quigley had 38, which is a career high for him. So okay, yeah, great. So okay, a nice win for them. But okay, yeah, one two in a row against this Celtics. You know, Bravo, good for you. But you know, I, I'm not. Look, I, like I said, I'm not. Look, we've seen this movie before with uh, with uh, Tibbs, Coach Tibbs' team. So. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not there yet. Now going back to that late game on ESPN, uh the Clippers finally got a big win. Yay. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> 135-129 over Memphis. I know Memphis was all John Morant. We won't talk about all the stuff going on off the court with him. You know, Google's your friend, folks. But you know, they were actually down, you know, going into that that third quarter. But you know, 38 to 17, they outscored uh the Clippers outscored the Grizzlies late pg had 42 which is a season high for him Kawhi had 34 and they got a couple of guys from off the, off the bench i mean eric gordon who they picked up had 17 off the bench also mason pumley had a uh, 50 off the bench so it was really it was really Kawhi, uh pg and the bench guys that kind of helped uh, prepare the clippers to that uh comeback against the grizzlies yes we said the memphis grizzlies if you're surprised by the way they played last night um if you've been watching the watching that team over the last two of the years I don't know what to tell you. It's not a surprise to us, uh, referring to myself and Lakina. As we said, they play better without John Morant in stretches, but as far as the whole season goes for long stretches, it's not possible. But on the flip side for the Clippers, you mentioned those numbers with Paul George. He finally came through uh, in, the, in the clutch, especially going into that fourth quarter where they were down 14, 15 points. Kawhi Leonard picked his spots and made some big baskets too, but you need some contributions off your bench. And that's what you got from the Clippers last night. You mentioned with the ageless veteran Eric Gordon. Also, uh, you had, like you said, Mason Pumbley with, with 15. But Terrence Mann, who was, who was one of their own rising, their one of their rising stars in the playoffs two years ago when they went to the Western Conference Finals, he chipped in with seven points as well. Yeah, big win for the Clippers, and they desperately need now another team that desperately needed a win. Not desperately, but you know, the first uh, the Lakers beat the the Warriors, held them off one thirteen one oh five. Uh, you know, AD had thirty nine. Uh, Steph in his first game back had twenty seven points. I mean, you know, I guess that's not that's not a bad uh, you know go at it. You know, for not having played in a couple of months, but you know, the, the Lakers made a big the big shots late. The Warriors had a chance to kind of like get back they got back in the game. They were still right there. Had a chance to take a couple chances to take the league, just couldn't hit the shots. And the Lakers actually played some good defense late. Yeah, and also, too, we talked about this as well, Lakeena, at the trade deadline. LeBron James, for the first time in the, since they won the championship in 2020, he has better su supporting cast around him. And I know he's not playing right now due to a foot injury, but those those role players are starting to step up for the Lakers with Jerry Vanderbilt. He had 10 points and 13 rebounds yesterday. 
Also, too, uh, Austin Reeves, uh, who's, who's, I believe, in his third year in the Lakers uniform, uh, he's been stepping up with some uh, key defensive stops and some big buckets as well. So pay attention to, to those two guys as uh, the, the season is going forward for the Lakers, especially with the LeBron James being out. But as we said before, we'll say it again, it's all about the health of Anthony Davis. He can stay healthy and do what he did like he did yesterday. Uh, the Lakers should still be in by the time LeBron James returns, hopefully if you're a Lakers fan, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Now the Bucks actually was able to start a new new winning streak, uh, 117-111. They held off uh, Washington this after yesterday going into yesterday, uh, Saturday's uh, uh, game where their 16-game winning streak was snapped by the Sixers, 133-130. And uh, check out this uh, stat, Sid, uh, for the Sixers. Now a big win for the Sixers on the road. Uh, James Harden had 38 points while Joel Embiid had 31. Now they both also had 10 assists. That's the first, just the second time that's ever happened, uh, you know, in, in Sixers uh, history and the franchise history. As you got to go all the way back to 1979 when uh, Otis Burrow song and Phil Ford did it. They also they could buy for 105 of their of the Sixers of uh, the the Sixers 133 points. I'm talking about uh, Embiid mm-hmm. and Harden. So. You know, just an interesting, uh, you know, kind of you know, stat there. If you saw their faces when Malika Andrews, you know, interviewed them, it was ABC, it was the ESPN game. You saw the look of their face when she told them that stat. So, you know, <laughs> kind of kind of crazy too with the Sixers' rich history. It says that's only the second time that's happened. But, uh, you know, but yeah, a nice one for the Sixers and one that they really needed. Yeah, they didn't get much contributions off their bench on sa- on Saturday, but. Uh, the, uh, one of their role players really stepped up, and that was uh, Tyrese Maxey. He, he chipped mm-hmm. in with 26 points as well. I talked about him, Tobias Harris, and Shake Melton. Those guys need to step up and help out Embiid and James Harden, and they've been doing that so far. I know um, Maxey had a big game on Saturday, but those three guys go out to help out Embiid and Harden if, if Philadelphia wants to succeed in the playoffs. Absolutely, and they're definitely going to need that. And you know, as for Milwaukee, I mean, you know, the, you know, look, Sixers had you know, a nice showing, so it is what it is with them. Now, Miami got a big win against Atlanta, one seventeen, one oh nine. Bam Adebayo had thirty points, leading the way there. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. You know, Miami, a nice little bounce back from Miami because you know, we'll we'll get to uh, the the loss they had on uh, the day before on Friday. But uh, a nice win for Miami. I mean, they they pulled uh, they pulled some big shots late. And uh, Atlanta, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, how long it takes to kind of get them adjusted to a quiz night because you're you're changing the coach like two thirds away through the season, so that's always mm-hmm. a little bit uh, always a little bit tricky. But uh, you know, Trey Young only had uh, eight points, so that's not going to do it for you if your if your star is not you know not going to you know, con- you know contribute. I mean, they did. <laughs> it was a little it was a little bit uh, disconcerting. You know, he didn't just didn't have a good night, so. You know, uh, Sadiq Bay had 22 off the bench to lead the scores there. But, yeah, uh, Trey Young, nah, not so much. He was 2 for 13 from the field and 0 for 5 from 3. Yeah, that's not going to get it done, Lakina. And I know Atlanta had that surprise run two years ago to the Eastern Conference Finals. But remember I told you before the season started when they acquired Deontay Murray from the San Antonio Spurs, they were going to be excited to watch him and Trey Young. But uh, the rest of their roster really didn't change that much. And so – and you, you see what their record is. Yes, they're technically in the eighth spot, but they're not much better than that team of two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, something to look out there, you know, look out for there as well. Now they, now they did win their first. They did win their first game with uh, Quinn Snyder uh, on Friday. They beat it. They mm-hmm. they did they did beat Portland one twenty nine one eleven. Deontay Murdy, you know, the aforementioned had forty one points, which is a season 
high for him. Of course, Dame had 33. Now, fortunately, there just hasn't been you know a good supporting cast around. I'm talking about Dame. Yeah, he's has not mm-hmm. just hasn't been really you know he's been productive, but this, the unfortunate part is that no one else has he, most of the, his supporting cast hasn't really helped him. Yeah, as I talked about before, Anthony Simons, who had a nice start to the season, he's disappeared. Jeremy Grant, uh, where he where has he been? So, like you said, the supporting cast they need to show up right now. They still in the playing tournament conversation. But uh, like like we said before, with Luka Doncic of the Dallas, they're physically and mentally going to get fatigued uh, out enough that they can't do it anymore. And and Dame Dallas not there yet, but I'm sure he's going to get there very soon. You know, he's been through uh, through these playoff wars before. Uh, he needs help, and somebody else going to step in, step up for the last four or five weeks left in the regular season. Absolutely, we'll see what happens there. Now Sacramento lost a tough one uh, on Saturday to Minnesota. At 138-134, but on but on Saturday they did edge out the Clippers 128-127. So if I guess you took the over, I guess you won again. So uh De'Aaron Fox had 33 points to to lead the way. He's a third player in a Kings franchise history with eight straight 30-point games joining uh Oscar Robinson and Tiny Archibald. So uh, a nice, a nice sort of win, you know, kind of a mixed bag for the for the Kings, but you know, a nice win here. As we, as we said before, Lakina, as we talked with our panel during the All-Star break, if the Kings can stay out of, out of the playing tournament, uh, they'll be in great shape for the playoffs. And I, I am confident they're going to do that. As you mentioned, they have De'Aaron Fox. Congrats to him on making his first All-Star team. You still have DeMontis Sabonis. You still have Harrison Barr. So, yes, a nice young veterans there that, that can help those young guys along. And Mike Brown, call me crazy unless somebody can – Challenge me in the comment section at Sports on Chicago, Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Mike Brown, he's your head coach of the year of the Sacramento Kings, especially if they finish at number three, number four in the West. A couple of scores to finish up. You got Golden State uh, beating the Pelicans 108-99. Minnesota beat the Lakers 110-102. Rudy Gobert had 22. AD had 38, but didn't have a lot of help. You know, other, the other guys struggled from the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Knicks had a nice weekend. Uh, 122-120 went over Miami. Thanks to a three-point, three-pointer at the buzzer from a one Mr. Julius Randle. Yep, <laughs> the, almost, the Knicks almost lost that one. Remember I said what I said a few minutes ago at the top of the segment, you need to close out uh, against good teams. They did that on, on Friday. Uh, Miami didn't know what to do, especially on that last play. Uh, Julius Randle got lucky because he almost had that ball stripped from him again. Yes, he did. So right. he, so, uh, he yeah, got himself right and he made the shot. Yeah, Butler was right there uh, near him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, also, too, uh, you know, this Denver score, Denver beat Memphis 113-97. Of course, Jokic had another triple-double. That's a 10 straight at home. Spent extending the longest home triple double streak in NBA history. Yes, not even Russell Westbrook you know, had that. So uh, a little, yeah, just you know, just amazing what he has done here. And of course, with Phoenix beating uh, the Bulls, uh, KD passed the big O Oscar Robinson for 13th on NBA's all-time scoring list. Uh, you know, in his 21st season, Jesus Christ, he's already passed Alex English, Vince Carter, KG, John Havlicek, Paul Pierce, Tim Duncan. The big O and uh, one Dominique Wilkins in that span. So uh, yeah, that's I don't know. Don't know if he'll catch up with LeBron since LeBron's still active as well. Yeah, you know he's mm-hmm. hurt right now, but you know just amazing what you know Katie's accomplished. Yeah, congratulations to him, and you you in a heck of a list as uh, an elusive list. Okay, so this week you know this week's games you know tonight Monday Boston and uh, Cleveland at six o'clock. That should be a fun one. 
the Sixers and the Pacers, of course, you know, Bulls going to be cheering for, real hard for the Sixers. Come on, hard to come on, MB. <laughs> it's also at 6 o'clock. And uh, Portland continues their East Coast road trip at Detroit, also at 6. Finishing up tonight's schedule, Monday we have the Hawks in the Heat again at 6.30. That's your NBA TV uh, game of the night. That's the first of the uh, of the NBA TV Monday night doubleheader. At 8 o'clock we'll have Toronto at Denver, and then at 9 o'clock, the second half of that NBA TV Monday night doubleheader features the New Orleans Pelicans at the Sacramento Kings. That should be a fun one. Yeah, it should be a whole lot of fun. Now, maybe we'll get a, a first-round series with that. Who knows? We'll see, but the Pelicans got to do their job. You could. Going, yeah. Going into tomorrow's, you know, Tuesday's action, Milwaukee and Orlando at 6 o'clock. You know, Paolo Pantacaro against Giannis. That should be an interesting one. Orlando's supposed to be taking, but they're not cooperating. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, no, no, they're having. But Chero and the gang have other ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington and uh, Detroit at uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, Charlotte and the Knicks. I mean, you got, yeah, yeah Lamelo is, is out for a while. That's, so, that's really a, a shame. Really, it really tough. is. A non-contact injury, too. Yeah, that's even more mm-hmm. brutal. A fracture in his ankle. Uh, Philadelphia, Minnesota. That should be an interesting one. At you know, at six thirty, that's the TNT Tuesday night doubleheader. All right, finishing up the Tuesday schedule. The Nets will visit Houston to take on the Rockets at seven o'clock. The Warriors will pay a visit to OKC as the Warriors take on the Thunder. Also at seven thirty tomorrow, we'll have Utah at Dallas. That should be a fun one. Too bad that game wasn't on TNT. But uh, that's all another issue. But the second half of that TNT Tuesday night doubleheader will feature Memphis, maybe the possible return of John Moran. We shall see. But they'll face the LeBron James list, Los Angeles Lakers. Interesting. Could be a lot of storylines in that game, whether or not yeah. John Moran plays. So well, that should be interesting. On Wednesday, you got Atlanta and Washington at 6. You got Portland continuing their East Coast trip at Boston at 630. Uh, Cleveland and Miami, that should be a fun one at six. 30 and the first game of the ESPN Wednesday night doubleheader Dallas and New Orleans. That should be a fun one. Luca and Kyrie versus the uh, young scrappy Pelican squad. I'm sure they'll probably were hoping that they could have flexed that game out with no Zion, but you know, at 6 right. should, should be a good one on the list at 6 30 on uh, ESPN. All right, continuing with the Wednesday night schedule as follows at 8 o'clock, we'll have uh, Oklahoma City at Phoenix to take on the Suns. The Chicago Bulls, as Lakina mentioned at the top of the show, they'll uh, travel to Denver to take on the, the Nuggets. That's at 8 o'clock. And to wrap up the Wednesday night schedule, the second half of the ESPN doubleheader, the Toronto Raptors visit Los Angeles to take on the Clippers. All right. And on Thursday, you got Charlotte and Detroit, two teams that are supposed to be tanking. Uh, Houston and Indiana at 6 o'clock. You know, Rockets fans, you know, let's go. Uh, Utah and Orlando at 6 o'clock as well. Yep. And the TNT Thursday doubleheader looks like this. The Warriors will face the Grizzlies at 6.30. And the New York Knicks will visit Sacramento to take on the Kings at 9 o'clock. That's your TNT Thursday night doubleheader. And one more game on the Thursday schedule. Brooklyn will face Milwaukee at 7 o'clock. I gave to your TNT flex style of this game because of the Brooklyn trading their stars. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think, yeah, I think that was the original uh, game mm-hmm. for uh, that, that last game for the doubleheader. So once, you know, Brooklyn, you know, traded a lot, all their guys, I mean, I think they, they easily flex that out. And that is your schedule for the NBA this week. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Now we're going to you know finish up you know, this hour talking some uh, keeping up with the, uh, the basketball theme, but this time we're going to go to the college uh, uh, hardwood. Some teams have already uh, clinched their tickets to the big dance. We'll get to them. We'll get to that in a little, in just a minute. But 
you know, a nice win for Northwestern. You know, they held off Rutgers. You know, they're now the number number two seed. You know, they're the highest since 1959. And I still say they don't they need to win uh, at least one game in the Big Ten tournament to assure that they're in. They've lost three in a row. That's not a good look, especially if you're trying to impress uh, the committee with the bubble team. So, you know, but still, you know, a nice a nice you know, showing nonetheless. Yeah, shout out to head coach Chris Collins. Uh, and the rest of his players and the rest of that staff, they they won 12 games in the Big Ten Conference this year, the most ever in school history. Of course, the most since they went into the tournament, I believe it was in 2017 or 18. I think it was 17 when they lost mm-hmm. to Gonzaga. So congratulations to them. Boo Booey has been amazing. Don't laugh at the brother's name. Uh, he's been playing well for Northwestern this year. Uh, he's been their leader. Also, we talked about this before to Lakina. They are a very good defensive team, but at times they struggle to find a second score. They need to find a second score to help out Boo Booey. Uh, let's see if they can do that in this tournament because I think they have a chance to surprise some teams in this Big Ten tournament. We'll uh, dive in all into that a little bit later. But I, I think they, I think they'll win at least one game in this Big Ten tournament. I think they'll be okay. I think they're in a turn, tournament in my opinion, but like you said, to improve your seating, uh, you need to win at least two games. I think they'll get one, but two is going to be tough. But I, was- I, they have the ingredients to surprise some folks. Yeah, they have to play the, the Illinois Penn State of uh, one of the way the bracket's set up. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it could happen, but I don't know. Like I said, I mean, look, the, the, the bubble's very fickle this year. So I don't yeah. think they're – I think they're, they might be on the edge of being in. They could be among the last four in at the very least, you know, an 11 seed. So I know that sounds harsh, but I'm, look, I'm looking at this from, like, a perspective that, you know, you have to kind of look at it from a different uh, lens. So let's talk about the teams that have already punched – their tickets to the dance and uh, among them uh, Southeast Missouri state, they're going back to, you know, for the first time since 2000, they win the Ohio Valley conference tournaments. Uh, also to you got fairly Dickinson. Uh, they advanced to the, uh, the Northeast conference championship, but because, you know, Merrimack who is number one C, you know, they're in their third year of transitioning to the big, to the division one, they can't play in the postseason tournament this year. I know it's a super bowl. I know we went to this last year with them, so now mm-hmm. FDU is going back for, I believe, either first time. I think like they, they went, I think they went about three years ago. So this is their no stranger to the dance. So congrats to them. USC Asheville, number one C. I think they've already pulled off a couple of upsets this year. Uh, they win the Big South Conference. You know, they came back from, I think, like they were like seven down, at, like 13, 14 down with about seven minutes left against Campbell. They came back and won at their first trip since 2016. Uh, do you cover yours? All you Bradley fans, unfortunately, Drake uh, got the ticket. Uh, yeah. they beat they beat uh, uh, Bradley, you know, the number one seed, you know, their number two seed, their second bid in three years, you know, in the Missouri Valley. Uh, boo, but you know, as we said, I don't think Missouri Valley is going to get two bids. Uh, you're just going to get that one. That's it. Yeah, you caught. Yeah, they caught them at a, a good shooting night for uh, for Drake, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know, Bryce just couldn't get things going. So you know, but they'll be in the, in the NIT, so they can kind of sort of redeem themselves. Uh, there, Kennesaw State, you know, first timers to the dance, the Owls from uh, I believe they're from uh, are they from Georgia or Kentucky? You know, they they win the Atlantic Sun tournament, their first ever spot. You know, they've been close a couple of times. They came back from Division Two. I think they have a couple of Division Two championships or Division Three championships, but this is going to be their first spot in the Big Bake Dance. So, so, congratulations to the Owls. You know, welcome to the dance, guys. 
Yes, you like to see those small schools, especially at this time of year, that the conferences that no one wants to, to, to no no pay no one t- pays attention to because they don't get the national exposure like these big conferences do. But uh, once they are shown, their highlights are shown, and once their games are shown on a bigger stage on a bigger platform, you really see how those guys play. And usually, those types of teams are, are pull off the upsets in the first couple of rounds of the NC of the big NCAA tournament. So watch out for these couple of schools because you don't have they don't have those one and done athletes like you do at those big schools. So pay attention to these teams. Yeah, absolutely. Now there's gonna be some more tickets punch uh tonight. Uh Furman and Chattanooga. That's what's gonna be at six o'clock. I believe that's the uh I don't know about that this this because everything is everybody's changed conferences so uh, so much so but they're you know they're mm-hmm. you know getting ready to get a ticket going. Uh the West Coast conference their semifinals both St. Mary's and Gonzaga will be playing uh, playing teams in uh, semifinals. So if you're a bubble team, if you're a Clemson, if you're a Missouri, you know, you're cheering for St. Mary's or Gonzaga to both actually both reach the, the final so that it'll all be moot. So because that could potentially be a big steal if not. Um, Milwaukee and Cleveland State in the horizon. Our buddy Jordan Burke will have the call also to uh, seeing that North Kentucky and Youngstown State. Uh, on, both games are on ESPNU tonight. So you guys can check those games. Uh, out to uh, let's see here. I know that the schedule a little bit off, but yeah, the big boys start on Wednesday. I believe the SEC starts Wednesday. I believe also the Big Ten as well. Some of the other yeah, in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so on the bigger conferences, uh, of course. So, you know, I know the ACC starts. I start tomorrow, I think, because Notre Dame plays mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's definitely on the bubble, so they probably going to need to win a couple of games to get into the dance. Uh, let's see, America East. They're their conference, you know, tournament is starting. So, yeah, so a lot of the bigger schools, you know, the Big Ten remember is going to be here in the in, in the Chicago at the UC this year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, nice, uh, Loyola, not a good start for their first year in the A10. They start their first round game against St. Joe's. Uh, that's going to be on ESPN Plus tomorrow at one one o'clock. That's at the Barclays Center. So, you know, that that should be. Uh, we'll see if they can kind of finish on a high note at the very least. Yeah. Uh, going back to the uh, American Conference, Lakina, uh, did you check out the end of the Houston Memphis game yesterday? Jamal Shedd, remember that name last year, mm-hmm. folks, for the Illini when they beat the Illini in, this, in that second round? Jamal Shedd had 16 points to clean the game winning basket. Uh, I like, you know, I'm cheering for Memphis because of Penny Hardaway. One time he was my second favorite player outside of Michael and Scotty in the NBA in the 90s. But did you check out uh, uh, that, that home court, Lakina? I kind of, I like that court, the actual court, and I like their um, uh, their atmosphere. They have one section with uh, fans wearing white t-shirts, and then one section wearing blue t-shirts. That is so cool to me. That is so well, yeah, cool to me. Yeah, they've had that for like the last few years, and you know, yeah. Memphis has one probably has one of the best uh, home court atmospheres in the country. So, unfortunately, though, uh, they they actually pulled the game from some folks in the Missouri Valley Conference area. So that's mm-hmm. it, yeah, I was going to so ask you that, too. I'm glad you paid yeah, attention because yeah, I saw that, start, too. Yep. Yeah, at the start of that uh, game, I'm like, okay, uh, this isn't the NFL, folks. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't like it was going to cross. We weren't going to miss anything. And, it, of course, looking back, I'm, I'm sure whoever made that decision probably looks dumb now since, you know, Drake dominated Bradley. Yeah. Know, missed out on the buzzer. And Houston could end up, you know, perhaps getting the number one overall seed, should they, especially should, mm-hmm. should they win the American uh, uh, this weekend. So. You know that was a poor, poor decision making by CBS. Whoever made that decision, I, I'm I don't want a person to lose their job, but not a smart decision by that person. Mm-hmm. So you know, 
I, I'm going to put the pressure on Penny Hardaway just like you putting the pressure on Northwestern Lakina. I think Memphis is in. We talked about this last week. I think Memphis is in the tournament, but they got to reach at least the conference tournament final like they did a year ago when they lost to Houston to improve their resume. Yeah, I think they had to do that again. Yeah, that's what happened last year. So it's probably the same story here. Our buddy uh, mm-hmm. Cassie Carlson, who covered uh, who covered this team in Memphis, you know, she was there for a few years before. Of course, she's now here at Fox uh, Chicago. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of do that because I think that'll help them get into the dance if they at least get to the final against Houston. Uh, well, assuming so, uh, you got the Pac-12 going to be starting in, in Las Vegas, you know, on Wednesday. Uh, the Big East tournament, of course, at MSG. Starting mm-hmm. Wednesday, uh, DePaul uh, play Seton Hall. Uh, Tony Summerfield. I mean, yeah, I feel for him because they were actually you know primed to actually make a not not necessarily be in the top tier, but it's like in the mid tier. But you know, injuries and other uh, factors. So you know, tough season for DePaul. Uh, of course, if your team like OK State or NC State, you need to. And also North Carolina too. I mean, North Carolina uh, loses lost to Duke and uh, got. Swept, like they, they like the second straight year. They got no, no, I don't think it was the second straight year, but they're in danger of becoming the first preseason AP number one to lose 12 in a row, 12 total games in the season. And uh, they actually broke a tie with a 2013 2014 Kentucky uh squad, which lost his 11th game of the season in the national title game. Uh, that was back when, but uh, yeah, uh, not not good for uh Hubert Davis, you know, they to me, I always thought they were over uh, right early in the year anyway. So the fact that they were number one kind of, you know, it was a little bit weird. But they, nice yeah, they need to reach at least a tournament final. Yeah, also, too, they need uh, to. It's a yeah, must. Yeah, the defense there, uh, too. They held the Tar Heels. I'm talking about Duke. They held Tar Heels 160 mm-hmm. points for both regular season games for just the second time ever in fifty uh, last 50 seasons. Duke also did that in the 2009 and 2010 and brought to the national title with uh, current head coach John Shire. So, you know, that was uh, that was a pretty, uh, you know, cool little stat there. So, yeah, so, you know, draw all the college hoops, everybody. You know, you're going to have, you know, great conference tournaments. You know, you may see mm-hmm. some – we see – or we've already seen some upsets already. I mean, Northern Arizona beat uh, Eastern Washington in the Big Sky Tournament. They were the number one seed talking about Eastern Washington. That was, like, their best showing ever. So, you know, we saw Moorhead State, Southeast Missouri, en route to going back to the dance. They beat number one seed in that uh, – in the Ohio Valley, Moorhead State. So, we may see some of these upsets again uh, this time around. Well, you know, it's March. This is March, folks. Yep. And um, I know we got a break for the top of the hour, but I want to give some give a quick shout out to the University of Illinois. I know they ended their regular season at 20 and 11, but uh, I checked out some of that game yesterday, mostly the second half, because uh, as I, I feared they were going to get blown out by Purdue. They did in the first half, but they definitely showed some fight in that second half. And did you check out that block by uh, Terrence Shannon late yeah, in that second uh, half? Yeah, it's all, it's all, I think he blocked, he blocked Eddie, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tyler, Eddie. So, yeah, I'm sure yeah. You know, poor Eddie's going to have uh, sleepless, could be sleepless nights over that one. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, look, a nice you know, little fight from Illinois. You know, they came up short again. They play, they play Penn State. If they had won that game, they probably would have gotten that double by in that fourth mm-hmm. seed. But uh, now they got to play Penn State on Wednesday. So, going to be interesting to see what happens with them. But, yeah, I think they're Yeah, really revenge good. on their minds for Illinois because, man, they lost to Penn State a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so yeah, it'll be it. Like I said, a lot, but also Penn State's on the bubble as well. So a lot, mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of Satan on that game on Wednesday at the UC. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Illinois fans there, no doubt. But uh, yeah, you know, we got to take a really quick break. You know, like I said, enjoy all the college hoops. You know, it's going to be college hoops galore for these next few days. You know, up until uh, the selection Sunday. So uh, enjoy all that. We'll get to we we'll more in depth to something else as more teams are being punched uh, on you know on Friday. But yeah, we got to take a really quick break. Yeah, sleeping of not sleeping, the NFL season never sleeps. Some big signings, some big cuts, 
and a reinstatement too. We just saw it across the wire there. So Lakita McGee, Sydney Brown, uh, you know, a lot to do on the, uh, you know, Sid, ha Sid has another list, you know, for hour two and also to uh, old school TV Monday. That'd be interesting to see what uh, show Sid uh, comes up with uh, today. So a lot to do here. Hour number two, Lakita McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, talking NFL coming up right after this. my lane no not at all are you not paying attention are you texting I was just checking in with my mom I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six it's okay there's enough time just pay attention I'm not even halfway through my text there's no way I'm not even going to look up my babies are in the car you have to pay attention it's supposed to be a quick text I'm so sorry Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, that's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and at Keels McGee on the IG. 
We have less than an hour left in this extraordinary left in this extraordinary program we call a sports talk radio show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Makina will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. Lakina, as she said, uh, closing out our number one, the NFL never seems to amaze us, and they don't like to be left out in the headlines, and they made some news over the weekend, so tell us about it. Yeah, uh, probably one of the biggest, probably one of the biggest news. You know, we've heard about the, you know, these, some of these rumors as the, the the NFL Combine ended. You know, all all that, you know, pomp and circumstance, and you know, you know, guys, you know, weights and stuff. You know, unfortunately, a couple of guys got hurt at old line for USC, got ACL, I believe. Uh, but Anthony Richardson, a former Florida uh, QB, you know, had probably one of the highest vertical jumps. Take that as you will. But mm-hmm. but st- but some but probably the biggest news, you know, Andrew Voorhees was uh, who was a top 100 uh, prospect for the for this year's draft. That's the USC alignment who uh, injured his ACL uh, during doing drills at the combine. So that's one of the pitfalls of the combine. But the biggest news here is that Derek Carr. Now we've seen you know various rumors for the last couple of weeks ever since he got released from. Uh, from the Raiders, he has signed a, a four-year deal with the Saints. Of course, you know the Saints has been sort of like the number one destination. I believe the I don't know how the numbers in front of me said, but I believe it's about like a hundred like fifty million or something like that with like a lot of guaranteed money and such. I haven't seen like the actual numbers. I'm looking through some of the various uh, folks who uh, cover the NFL. Nothing officially, but I've, I've seen like a hundred and hundred fifty million dollar range, something like that. Oh, here it is. Seventy. He's he gets seventy percent, seventy million, uh, fully guaranteed. Guarantee 68 signing and 10 million 10 million in a uh, year three investing after a uh, year one. Uh, he structures his deal to accommodate uh, their cap issues because remember, the Saints still have cap issues, mind you. But uh, we must say that, and, and I kind of feel like is he's gonna, is gonna be anybody there that he can throw the ball to because you know, Alvin Kamara has various uh legal issues going on right now, so I'm wondering like who is he gonna throw the ball to and such, you know, let's. You know the uh, the Saints make another move, but yeah, what do you think about this big signing? Yeah, congratulations to the Saints. They needed a, a quarterback that had been struggling at that position ever since Drew Brees retired a couple of years ago. This is a great move for, for Derek Carr. We all, we both thought that he was going to go to Tampa Bay. We said keep your eyes on them because they don't they don't have to rebuild uh, as much after retirement of Tom Brady. But as you as we said the last couple of weeks, which I didn't think he was going to go to New Orleans, but who who is Derek Carr going to throw to? I know you got Chris Olave there, the rookie wide receiver from uh, he he could complete his rookie year last year. He uh, from Ohio State. Uh, he put up some good numbers. Well, Michael Thomas, he's been injured the last two three years. It looks like they're going to release him, and so we'll see what the Saints do to get some more reps around Derek Carr in the draft. But on the flip side, even though that defense is getting a little bit older, you still have Cameron Jordan. You still have Lashawn Lattimore anchoring that secondary. So. If you're the Saints, uh, you have to get some more weapons around Derek Carr in the draft. I don't know how many draft picks they have this year, but you got to draft at least another wide receiver. Yeah, that's going to be the thing, especially if Kamara is not going for a reason, not going to be able to play or be suspended or whatever. So that's that's mm-hmm. probably one thing that you know that they have to figure it out. So I'm sure they'll probably uh, draft a, a receiver, maybe not in the first round, but probably maybe in the later round. So we'll see. But uh, this leaves Jason Wisson. He'll probably be a cap casualty. He's old about. Uh, four and a half million for next year. So mm-hmm. you know, it it would take eleven point two million in dead money. So a post if they release him, talking about Jameis Winston after June first, they would save them about thirty, 
about 13 million, but no savings until then. So they may wait until after June 1st because that's yeah. when, like all the you know the weird you know numbers and such. But uh, yeah, it looks like uh, James Whistle will be trying will be finding the new team. Yeah, shout out to our guy Lamont Scott once again on Facebook. He says Derek Carr will help the Saints. He's back with Dennis Allen. That's right because Dennis Allen. Allen um, was in the coaching staff uh, back when it was the Oakland Raiders. So a uh, good comment by our buddy Lamont Scott. Uh, so, Lakina, I want to ask you this. I was listening to uh, WFAN out of NYC this morning, and one of the hosts were, was talking about how they missed out on Derek Carr because, you remember, he met with the Jets first about a couple of weeks ago. Now uh, some fans want Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you really want to make that move if you're the Jets? You, you still need a quarterback. We don't know if Mike White is going to come back. And Robert Sala will be entering year three next year. You know as well as I do, Lakina, if you're an NFL head coach, you haven't won your first two years. Year three, if you don't win, you'll be out of a job. And you definitely do not want to turn over this roster to Zach Wilson's hands. Yeah, and also, too, uh, the Raiders may want to get a, take a crack at uh... – Jimmy G as well. So there's no guarantee he's going to go to the Jets. You know, our buddy Tuan Saley, who does, of course, we had him on a few weeks, uh, a few months back, mm-hmm. talking about uh, the, you know, the Jets, you know, perhaps maybe him having even a quarterback. But, you know, like I said, there's no guarantee. And I mean, look, could he fit? I don't know. Could he fit that offense? Maybe. But I, I kind of feel like at this point that there's just this, you know, this weird, like, kind of shift here. So Mike White, if you bring him back, there's no guarantee he's going to be the Mike White we saw, you know, last year. So, mm-hmm. It, it's going to be very interesting to see if if what direction that they come, especially if they don't get Jimmy G. Now, I know people want to weigh on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, goody. But uh, I, don't, I don't see him going to the Jets at this point. I that's don't. Not happy. Yeah, that's not happening. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, bullish on that. I think he still goes back to the Packers. I know some people have said that he's not. But where else is he going to go unless he retires? But, yeah, going back to uh, Jimmy G, I think Jimmy G is one of those you know guys that you want to go to a place where you want to, uh, you know, content. You're getting up there. Mm-hmm. You're getting older now, so I think you want to. I don't do you. I mean, the Jets are kind of right there, but I don't think they're there yet. So I don't know. Would you? Would you go to the Jets? Maybe. Well, yeah, maybe. Like you still have Gary Wilson, uh, who had a breakout season as a, a rookie wide right receiver. Brees Hall before he got hurt at Denver at the midway point last year, he was having a breakout season as your star rookie running back. So they have pieces on offense. And of course, you have. Uh, Sauce Gardner uh, heading up the uh, the secondary for the for the Jets and the Jets defense actually improved last year, but offensively, unless they have a above average quarterback, you're right there. You, you're right there. So uh, the Jets, I don't think they're are that far. They just got to have an above average quarterback to give them the ball. Now this scenario I heard on uh, that same radio station this morning, Lakina. You know that the New York Football Giants and Daniel Jones are trying to negotiate a contract right now. Daniel Jones is asking between forty and forty-five million dollars a year. He switched agencies, and that's the report that has been out there for the last week or so. They may, uh, the Giants may slap a franchise tag on them. Well, uh, I think that deadline, I believe, is tomorrow. Yep. I, I'm not sure if you can uh, let it's me know about tomorrow. that. It, it is tomorrow. I believe it is. I'll, I'll double check. Okay. But I think it is tomorrow. But uh, imagine J- Daniel Jones, uh, who had a nice season last year, uh, the Giants. Uh, went back to the playoffs for the first time in, in, in several seasons. If the Giants and Daniel Jones cannot uh, come to an agreement and the Giants don't snap, slap the franchise tag on Mr. Jones, could you see him in a Jets uniform? Because remember, the Giants still have cap problems. 
Yeah, and I think that's going to be a big problem for uh, for them to not you know, you know resign a Daniel Jones, especially for the big number that I'm sure his uh, his you know people want now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is March seventh. You know, prior to the four okay. o'clock Eastern time, you know, New York time, uh, the deadline for clubs to designate franchise tags and transition uh, tags, also to uh, workouts and such. You know, draft eligibility and what else? So, yeah, so it's right about that time. So if they're not going to tag him, that's going to be the interesting part. If you tag him, then you're probably going to have to deal with a whole lot of problems and such. So. I don't know. Would you want to tag? Do you want to get tagged if you're, you're Jones? I mean, you're, you probably are not going to get that money, at least not yet. Because, you know, like you said, I mean, the they still have cap issues to talk about the Giants. So could you go mm-hmm. to the Jets perhaps or demand a trade to the Jets? Maybe. But I, I think at, the, at this point, you're kind of wondering, you're kind of sort of like in a sort of in a rock and a hard place if you're either the Giants or Daniel Jones. Yeah, because here's the thing, and I'm all for players getting as much money as they can, especially in the, in the NFL, because we all know the all their entire contracts are not guaranteed. I think only 35, 30 to 35% of their contract is guaranteed. And so they try to get as much money as they can. But Daniel Jones had a nice year last year. They're, uh, um, the, the head coach, of, uh, he, my brain is um, messing me up this, uh, this morning. But uh, he, he brought in the playbook from Buffalo last Brian year. And, and Brian Dable, thank you. Brian Dable uh, brought in the playbook from Buffalo last year. Of course, he was an offensive coordinator before then, helping out Josh Allen. And, and it worked for Daniel Jones. And let's be honest, too, the Giants took advantage of a bad schedule, especially in that first half last year. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and they had a surprising victory against the Packers in London, which turned out to be the difference in them making the playoffs and the Packers not. So if, if you're the Giants, a couple of things. Is Daniel Jones really worth that money between $40, $45 million? Because here's the thing. He's really had really one good outstanding season. And I'm not going to give him a long-term deal based on one season. I want to see it again. And number two, you just look at over the entirety of the team, of the Giants. Are they better than the Dallas Cowboys, whether they release Ezekiel Elliott or not? Are they better than the Cowboys right now? No. Are they better than Philadelphia who made the Super Bowl last year? No. Are they better than the Washington Commanders? I think on paper because Washington currently doesn't have a quarterback in of course, the Giants made the playoff last year, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're much, they're much that much better than the, than the Commanders. Yeah, and I think they, you know, they they, they just released Carson Wentz. You know, they're making big cap room real you know, for them. So, uh, yeah, at this point, like I'm kind of wondering if you're uh, the Giants, do you want to try to perhaps maybe make sure you can pay uh, Daniel Jones the money, or at least tag him and see you can give yourself some time to get a contract extension. So, I think that's another thing that I think that. The Giants are going to have to think about now going into keeping up with the theme here. Uh, Lamar Jackson, apparently, uh, this is according to Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. I guess, you know, the two sides seem to still be far apart. So they could, you know, tag him. And we, and we all know that maybe uh, Lamar's probably not a big fan of that. So that's going to be kind of thing to look out for if they can't, if the two sides can't decide on an agreement. I know that Lamar does not have an agent. I think his mother's his representation. You know how the, how crazy that can get. But mm-hmm. besides the point, if you're Lamar, are you really uh, seeking out a trade right now? Because if, if he is, there's a few teams that can offer his serv- they can use his services. But will those teams that he wants to go to, should he seek out a trade? Will they have enough capital to uh, bring back to Baltimore, i.e. the Jets? Yeah, if you're and if you're Baltimore too, do you really want to trade? I mean, I mean. You're still kind of like kind of right there, and you're you're only like maybe a couple of players away from perhaps maybe competing for an AF, in the AFC again. 
So I know, I know Cincinnati, you know, they're going to, you know, they're still kind of, you know, up against it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, they're Pittsburgh. They're kind of on the, on the up and up. So we'll see how mm-hmm. they look. We'll see how uh, they look like next year. I mean, Cleveland, you know, they're Cleveland. So you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, you know, how far this goes. I mean, it's the fact that they still, they've been doing this for over a year and they still haven't decided on the agreement. So I don't look. I'm look. I'm all for guys, you know, being paid, but at the same time, you need to be more reasonable in what you know what what you want. And I'm sure Baltimore probably realized how valuable Lamar Jackson is. They saw what happened in that playoff game, those last two games without him. So hmm. that's going to be uh, interesting. Uh, there, we'll see if uh, he and GM Ed DeCosta can figure out something. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, because I, it all comes to how much guaranteed money that Baltimore wants to give Lamar Jackson. Of course. You look at the landscape of those uh, big-time contracts that the, these franchise quarterbacks have, like Aaron Rodgers and, of course, Kyler Murray. And, you know, Arizona didn't want to give him that money in the beginning, but now that he's hurt, they gave him that money first. Obviously, uh, if you're Baltimore, uh, uh, um, of course, you, you don't want to have a devastating injury to to Lamar if you do uh, give him the, uh, a lot of guaranteed money. So I understand it from their side, but if you're Lamar Jackson, hey, I'm one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If you uh, if you uh, give me a, a, a couple more weapons, we're like you said, we're not far away. You saw what Cincinnati did last year. Even though they almost uh, a couple of big plays away from returning to the Super Bowl, we're right there. If we can get a couple of guys. I know my contract's going to take up the majority of the cap, but if you can get a couple of uh, serviceable guys on the cheap that are difference makers, I think we'll be okay. Definitely another thing to look out for to be continued. There are another uh, big news that came across the pipe earlier this morning. The Rams have given uh, Allen Robinson, of course, your former Bears receiver, didn't work out for him over uh, over the Rams. A very disappointing season for him. Uh, permission to seek a trade. LA is willing to pay a portion of his fifteen, you know, point two five million dollar guarantee might to facilitate it. He's only twenty nine. So what? Do you should they decide to trade a Rob? What do you think is the best? Where do you think is the best fit for him? That's a good question. Uh, I, I know not all of it was his fault last year. Of course, uh, a big part of it was Matthew Stafford's injuries. Uh, that didn't help at all. And, of course, their backups uh, didn't help at all. And a lack of a running game before Stafford went down didn't help, help at all either. So, Al Robinson, I think, has a couple of options. Maybe Baltimore, maybe. But if you're the Rams, okay, okay, you're trying to train him. But what's his real value? You're not going to get it. You're not going to get a second, uh, first or second, definitely not a first, but you're definitely not going to get a second or a third round pick, maybe a fourth round pick and and downward afterwards. Maybe. 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 Yeah, I think that's going to be really going to be the key here for, for, for him is that are you going to be able to find somebody that has you know, that kind of capital and, and such? So I'm interested to see like what, what do you think will, will be sort of like the case here? Because I, I think that, you know, I'm sure he wants to go to contend a, a contender. <laughs> I mean, you know, mm-hmm. who who will have the sort of like the capital? So, do you? You know, you're not gonna get a first round pick for a Rob. That's not happening. So, I, if you're gonna get maybe a couple of second rounders, a high second rounder, maybe in this year's draft, maybe find somebody a little bit cheaper, maybe a, a wide receiver, you know, on the cheap. You know, maybe that's something they can, you know, the Rams could look mm-hmm. at. But yeah, it's a yeah, it's a tough situation because you know, a Rob, of course, you know, played for the Bears for many years, left, you know, to perhaps maybe go to a contender. Of course, you know, unfortunate, you know, unfortunate circumstances and injuries and such. So. We'll see. I mean, look, I I think he'd still be productive, depending on where he goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we'll just see if where where does he go. I think that's going to be the number one uh, question. 
And don't forget the Rams are in salary cap hell. They're trying to trade Jalen Ramsey right now, which I believe they should. Could be just see what the Rams do. It could be Rams be very busy during this offseason. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. there. So I can see sports on Sports No Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you as we're talking NFL. Uh, more NFL, actually, as the Vikings have released a uh, veteran pro, all pro uh, linebacker, Eric, Ken- Eric Kendrick, I should say. Um, you know, he was actually due to, I believe, make about like nine and a half million. So the Vikings save a little bit of money there. Of course, you now have Brian Flores, who is uh, now the uh, the defensive coordinator there. And, you know, interesting note here that I think he, I think a 4-3, I think. We all know that Flores has a 4-3 defense. We know mm-hmm. Kendrick is a three, is a three, three, four guy. So even if they do decide to uh, perhaps maybe restructure his deal, there's no guarantee he'll come back because that's not really his uh, game. So a veteran uh, linebacker is on the market. I'm going to ask you this, Lakina, and I'm going to ask our uh, listeners and viewers out there on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube. I know right now, let me repeat, right now the Bears are not set up to win, but I think they can make it a big improvement next year. We'll see. At the Ryan Poles makes his draft picks, but do you take a chance on Eddie Kendricks? I mean, he fixed Eric Kendricks, I should say, not Eric the old singer. Yeah, Eric, Eric Kendricks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about the old singer. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're but, uh, do you take a chance on Eric Kendricks? Because we all know that the Bears uh, have all the salary cap space. I'm not going to overpay for him, but if you can give him a nice, decent, veteran amount, he can come in and help some of those young guys. Perhaps yeah. get you to the next step. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're, a, if, I think that might be, you know. Going to if you're in Minnesota, I think that's probably the last thing you want is to go to uh have him, you know, one of your your top guys, your top veteran guys, go to your division rival. But and the Bears uh, run a three four defense. Yes, they do. So I think that's going to be like the really big key. He may not want to go far. Now again, it's going to be about the money. Can you know what? What is he looking for? He's looking for maybe a you know an eight you know eight to ten million dollar range a year, maybe a two year deal. I don't think the Bears are there. Look, he, I think he's like twenty eight or twenty nine now. So mm-hmm. I. There's, yeah, I think the Bears are still a couple of years away, so I don't know if you want if you want to go to the Bears, you may not be able, still not be able to win. So, and I think you know that'd be a, if you're if you're the the Bears, that'd be a good way to stick it to the Vikings, right? But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of another uh, scenario, another uh, place where he would be a good fit that are contenders. Let's see here, who who uh, do four, uh, three four defenses? I thought about maybe Buffalo, but they do a four three, so that's not gonna mm-hmm. work for him. Let's see here. Maybe Baltimore, if they got the money. Now they got to pay all that money to Lamar Jackson. If they structure mm-hmm. it enough where it could be like a more of a front end thing where you get a lot of incentives if he you know, does well. Baltimore might be a nice fit uh, for Mr. That Kendrick. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think who else uh, does a uh, three, four. Um, they're, they're contenders, uh, mind you. Let's see. Does Casey do a, a three, four, if I'm not mistaken? Or maybe it's a four, three. I'm not sure. But. This is live, folks. Uh, no, they do a four or three, so that wouldn't be a good fit for him. Uh, yeah, go ahead, see. Wait, wait, who do you think would be a good fit for uh, Mr. Kendricks? I'm, I'm trying to think of, with all the uh, borderline teams and the contender and contending teams. I was going to say Dallas, but uh, but no, I, I I don't see that. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll say in Detroit. I know they'll stick he can stick it to the Vikings if mm-hmm. he. I know Detroit's on the up and up, but I don't know. They I don't think they run a three four, so. No. Even though they do need help on the d- defensive uh, front outside of Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, <sighs> maybe I'm trying to think maybe the, the Chargers, but I know they got a, a, a whole new uh staff. So are they mm-hmm. do they do a, a three four? Uh hmm. 
let's see, let's see here. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers, that would be a good fit for him. You know, get to go to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure he's going to want to go someplace where there is a controlled environment or if not a warm weather. So mm-hmm. after being you know, in indoors, a contender as well, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Chargers are kind of like right there, you know, over some uh, silliness, unfortunately. They didn't uh, win there. But, yeah, they do a four, a 3-4, I should say. So that could be a, a nice fit for uh, Mr. Kendricks. So... Yeah, uh, Joey uh, uh, Joey Bosa and, and what's his face Khalil Mack had yeah. a nice bounce back here mm-hmm. last year. Ooh. Yeah, that would be that would be a nice fit for him. Like like I said, you know, a nice controlled environment. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so definitely, I think he'll have a selection of teams you know that run three four defenses. So it'll be just see what you know how much will teams pay? Will the Bears be right there in the in the middle middle of it? I saw I heard a couple of uh, Bears folks earlier say that you know kids will be a good fit for the Bears because of three four. But again, we'll see. Yeah, uh, like I said, I, I think if you the Bears, you can sniff around at it. I'm not saying it's going to be your end all be all, but you should sniff around that situation. And if you're Kendrick, you trying to go to a contending team. Uh, you, what you witnessed last year with the Vikings, it was a good team. But you, uh, the defense, as we said before last season, Lakina, that that defense was in transition, and, and we're starting to see that now. If you catch, you definitely want to go to a, a team that's ready to win now. Now the franchise tags, you know, this is the I think they'll tomorrow's the last day, you know, for the franchise tag. Now the Dallas has tagged Tony Pollard. So, you know, he's not, he's going to be off the market. Now the mm-hmm. Chiefs, uh, the Rays Super Bowl champs, they've decided not to tag Orlando Brown. So he might be, you know, they're going to try to perhaps, you know, do a long-term deal. But if they don't, he could be going into the market now, you know, a solid uh, uh, left tackle, old lineman. So, yeah, you can, you can never have too many of those. So. Yeah, do you think he's on the Bears list? He they, they, he should be. I think he, you know, like I said, a solid. Uh, been in a couple of Pro Bowls. You know, was one of the reasons why the Chiefs were able to pull off that uh, comeback in the Super Bowl a few weeks ago. I could kind of see him, you know, being that. Look, like I said, I think you, you can never have too many old linemen. I think, like I said, Baltimore could use one. Uh, the Chargers could use the old lineman. Uh, Buffalo, yes. could, <laughs> Buffalo could, 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 could use extra uh, old linemen, especially. So, you know, there there are a lot of teams, especially the contender now. Look, you've tasted the Super Bowl of your Orlando Brown. You've had you got two of these now. So, if you're him, I think you want to go somewhere where you can try to win, win another one. So, Philly, I think Philly could they perhaps maybe you know look. I don't think Jalen uh, Hurts needs uh, you know something one that kind of protects his body. Like we know he can, he's very mobile and can do that, but. I think that'll be a nice fit for him too. So yeah, I think the Bears should definitely have uh Orlando Brown Jr. in the in the radar. Yeah, if he's not too out out of the Bears' price range, you, the Bears should sniff around uh, about his services. Any other? Uh, yeah, we'll see if the you know, other players you know get tagged. Uh, we know Lamar Jackson's gonna get the tag. Uh, I know a couple other players that are be you know that might get tagged as well. Uh. Oh, also, too, uh, this came across the rise about a half hour ago. Uh, Calvin Ridley, of course, uh, who last played for the Falcons, he is, you know, has been reinstated because of the other gambling, you know, uh, mm-hmm. gambling laws, especially. So, but now he's back in the pool. So we'll see if any teams, you know, take a chance on him uh, this offseason. I know we ran up against it for, for our bottom of the hour break, but uh, Derrick Henry is now on the train bike for the Tennessee Titans. Looks like they're going to yep. uh, start over. Uh, which teams uh, do you uh, see? Everybody. Uh, you everybody. 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 Including Chicago? Because uh, David mean, Montgomery's a free agent, and you have Khalil Herbert, who's going to be here for the next year or two. Well, yeah, and I think that's going to be – I don't know if, you know, if you saw – if you heard uh, David Montgomery's comments of the year-end press, or he doesn't sound like he – 
he might come back. You know, again, we know he's very you know, stoic and very kind of like, you know, laid back. So it was hard to tell if, you know, if he was going to, it'll depend on how much money, especially the same thing with Derrick Henry, can you get an equal value? Do they have, they have the capital, but you know, the Titans really, the only thing they really need, they probably just need is like their a front, a better front seven, some better uh, alignment help. So I don't know if he'll be, you know, but yeah, I think I said everybody. I'm sure would love to have his services, so it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting to see, you know, who. Uh, well, Buffalo, go figure. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I, don't I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I don't know Buffalo. There's all that cat situation, but yeah. yeah. If I'm Buffalo, I'm sniffing around. I think the only thing that's going against Henry, I think he's at age 30 or near 30. You can check up, check up on that his age, but he has a. He, even though he's still good, I know he was injured a couple years ago, but he bounced back nicely. But he has a lot of miles on those tires. He's still good. Uh, don't get me wrong, but he has a lot of miles on those tires. And the question is, what can what will uh, Tennessee get back uh, on the trade market? Because you know, as well as I do, Lakina, when you turn age thirty and you're running back, uh, you could say you are considered a senior citizen. Yeah, he's, he just turned 21, 29 in January, so that's okay. going to be really going to be the thing. Now, like you said, he's got a lot of uh, miles on those tires, like you said. So. I don't know. Like I said, going to be a lot of teams are going to be calling the Titans, so we'll see what happens there. And uh, speaking with the uh, if the Bears, a former Bear, Leonard Floyd, who saw a nice little career resurgence when he, you know, went, you know, to the Rams. Of course, like you said, they're getting rid of a lot of uh, cap space because they're really up against it. He might be released if they don't restructure his uh, contract too. So another veteran uh, front seven uh, guy could be on the market. Yeah, I think it's safe to say he won't be coming back here to Chicago anytime right. soon. Yeah, yeah, he got a Super Bowl ring now. He's not gonna want to. He doesn't want to yeah. one. So, <laughs> and he, I'm sure he's pretty open to a four, three, three, four. I don't think it matters to him. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, he got a nice little resurgence, a career resurgence there in Los Angeles. You know, got himself a Super Bowl ring now. Unfortunately, because of numbers, he's gonna be. You know, he might be. He might be released. You know, we'll see what happens. You mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day, uh, t- t- tomorrow, but. Yeah, another name to look out for, perhaps, and uh, maybe perhaps to be on the trading block. All right, Lakina, official timeout. <laughs> As you're listening to them, I'm trying to do that ref signal again. <laughs> official, <laughs> official timeout. As you're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports, I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We had baseball to get to. Some interesting comments by a former White Sox player earlier today. We'll discuss that. Plus a whole lot more, and we'll get to old school TV Monday. Now, this should be a, a whole lot of fun. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? 
I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome back to our last segment of today for Second City Sports and Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Kale's Grab again on the IG. We have less than a half hour left of this extravaganza, 25 minutes to be exact. Uh, we call this uh, extravaganza sports talk radio show. You have any questions or comments for us? You can, this is your last chance to hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And just another daily reminder: you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. Absolutely. So uh, more uh, Brigham NFL news here. Uh, the Cardinals like they're starting to clean house. Uh, they're moving on from Senator Riley, uh, Rodney Huss, I should say. Uh, he reduced his salary to two million, so he could be retiring. He's been, you know, playing elite for I think about twelve years, I think. Also, to uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, who uh, the who um, the Cardinals picked up from uh, the Panthers trade. Uh, they, they his release saves about uh, twelve million against against the cap. So another uh, veteran wide receiver is out on the market right now, perhaps. So. Another new lookout for. Excuse me. Maybe the Bears will take a look at that. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's go over the let's go over the baseball. Lakina spring training is underway. 
uh, for, for both the Cubs and the Sox has been underway for the last couple of weeks. Now, the players that are participating in this, I think it's a waste of time. World Baseball Classic, uh, those players that left camp over the weekend, the the uh, tournament will start later on this week. The games can be aired on MB, will be aired on MLB Network, FS1, and I believe the Big Fox will have the championship game as well. Of course, that tournament is started is sponsored by MLB. Lakina, uh, I think that we talked about this before. If we haven't, uh, I'll, if we have, I apologize. But do you think this World Baseball Class is a good idea? I know they've been running for almost 15 years now. Do you think it's a good thing, or do you think it's a big waste of time? Is you're sure think it is? Well, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think it's a great way to kind of, you know, pride the country. But yeah, it is a big, you know, waste, you know, especially do it in the middle of spring training. I mean, it's a little bit weird. You know, we're going to see, like, some guys, and some guys might get hurt. I think that's probably the one thing that managers are probably are worrying about is because they may get hurt. We've seen that happen. So I, I, I'm not going to – I'll probably watch the championship game, you know, and that's it. I'm not going to probably watch mm-hmm. a single uh, minute of the baseball world baseball class. I know that's, that's kind of harsh, but – <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I've never, I've, I've never been a fan of that. I mean, you know, you do this kind of like in the middle of, uh, in the middle of spring training when you know guys should be, you know, getting ready to, you know, get, you know, get it going and such. It's a little bit, you know, disconcerting. But yeah, I was never, I've never been a, a preview of it. Uh, I mean, a fan of it. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you guys want to check it out, that's fine. But yeah, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, don't, don't expect me to do it. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> now, uh, the Cubs, you know, got a combined no hitter against the Padres with so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think this like this is like the second time it's ever happened that uh, a team you know no t- no hits in spring training. I mean, who does that? But I guess it does happen. Um, I think the <laughs> yeah, I think the last you know team to do it was uh, the Angels. Um, they did in 2017. They threw a spring training no no. Uh, you know, rid uh, you know, yeah, uh, kind of a little mix of uh, I guess like you know you know other guys. You know, Justin Steele kind of led the way there. He was a starter of. You know, you know, Javier Assad, you know, follow Steele. And then you had Brad Boxberger, Al, Adbert Al, Azalar, uh, Jeremiah Estrada, and Cam Sanders. You know, those are the seven players that combined also to uh, Nick Birdie, you know, finish it off for them in the ninth. So, and they actually, you know, they had like Manny Machado. <laughs> yeah, they had Manny Machado. It wasn't like, you know, they had uh, like, you know, a lot of their, um, Split squad guys. Split squad guys. So they had Manny Machado. They had uh, Jake Crenton. You know, credit worth. You know, they had you know Trent Grisham. So you know, it, it's it's sort of one of those days where you're like, you know, yeah, you you you, it's spring training, but yeah, it's still a no hitter. I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, and you know, the Cubs were helped out by the pitch clock as well as the yep. players are still adjusted to that and those uh, uh those new rules and those shift s h i f t rules uh, and, and things along that line. <laughs> uh, on the flip side, for the White Sox, I know they lost yes yesterday to the Dodgers, but. Uh, Oscar Colas is looking good so far, seven to eighteen after yesterday's action so far in the spring. I know he's, he's getting used to his teammates, uh, his new teammates in particular, Johan Makata. I know he's trying to fight off, fight for that starting right field position along with Gavin Sheets. I know that uh, Lucas Giolito had three strikeouts yesterday. He looked mm-hmm. okay, but yeah, hopefully okay, he, yeah. he can have a uh, hopefully he can have a bounce back here. Lance Lynn is looking good. Uh, Elon Jimenez is looking good. Hopefully, he, he can stay his, his ass off the field. I need him to be the permanent <laughs> DH, okay? <laughs> I don't need him to be on the field anymore, Lakina. <laughs> well, look, I've, look, I've been saying, I've been begging and pleading, but, you know, he wants to play the outfield. So, you know, the man, he's a grown man, so I'm sure his mother is probably isn't happy with that, <laughs> that those comments either. So. 
Yeah, I know he's lost some weight. He's looked good so yeah, far. He's I know Giolito lost some weight too. We talked about his struggles last year, including when he had COVID early in, in last year. So, and of course, Giolito's fighting for a contract along with Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, we'll, we'll give out our predictions uh, toward the end of spring trade. Uh, of course, the regular season starts Thursday, March 30th, 30th folks. So, um, mark, mark that down on your calendars. But I wanted to discuss this with you, Lakina, and the rest of our um, sport, our sports zoners uh, out there watching on Facebook and in, in the YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching former White Sox player AJ Przinsky, him, um, Todd Frazier, one time former member mm-hmm. of the White Sox in 2016, and former MLB Network host Scott Brown. They had this new podcast called Foul Territory. It started last week. You can check it out here on YouTube. They'll be running their shows daily. Uh, Monday through Friday. Hopefully we can get some of those guys on our program at some point this season. But AJ Przinsky has some has some interesting comments uh, of, of for the panel uh, on the episode today. And he was talking about the difference between the Cubs and the White Sox. Uh, let's not forget to mention that our guy, Russ Dorsey, uh, Bally Sports, uh, MLB insider, friend of the mm-hmm. show. He was on there on today's show, Monday show, for those of you going back, want to go back and watch as you support our show. Uh, he was talking about the uh, playoff chances for the Cubs and White Sox this year. Uh, I won't uh, speak for him. You can look at the video yourselves. But AJ Przinsky was telling Scott Braun, and I forgot who the co-host was today, about uh, the attitude of the White Sox fans. And, uh, and the other co-host was uh, bringing up the Mets and Yankees um, uh-huh. cross-town series, uh, how the attitude there is is always hyped. And AJ said, uh, for White Sox fans, of course, they, they want to beat the Cubs. Even if they're having a, a bad season, they they want the White Sox want to beat the Cubs. And the fans are in prove-it mode because of what happened last year, finishing the season 81-81, and 81, losing out of the division to the Cleveland Guardians. So, so even though there are some White Sox fans that are truly excited, most of them, like yours truly, they are in prove-it mode. You're cautiously optimistic, but you're in prove-it mode to have the, the disappointing year of a year ago. Yeah, I think a lot of White Sox fans kind of feel the way uh, we, 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 especially after what happened last year. I mean, this was a team that should have ran away and hid in the division, but you know they did for a little bit. But you know, Cleveland, you know, also also came out of nowhere and just you know just you know just dominated the Sox. You know, when it counted, especially so that played a big part as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I agree. I mean, the Pedro Grifold. I mean, everybody says you know. I know Salvador Perez made some comments, of course, you know, the, uh, the veteran uh, Royals uh, catcher. Of course, he was with the Royals, mm-hmm. talked about for many mm-hmm. years. He said that like, he's going to be a great manager and such. We'll see. I mean, I think, you know, we'll believe it when we see it. I mean, they didn't really make a, a lot of big changes. You know, Abreu, Jose Abreu's gone. He was a big leader on that team. That, that's going to be thing that might be missing for them. And also, too, like you said, Sid, I mean, look, Giulio's going to want the big contract. I know Tim Ayers is going to want the big t- contract after what happened last year, both on and off the field, injuries and other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm definitely improving mode when it comes to the White Sox. I mean, I mean, look, you show me. I guess you say you're in, you know, you're in Missouri. Show me. Show me that you can mm-hmm. be that team that people have been you know waiting to see you know all these years especially. Yeah, and for the White Sox uh, – uh, you have to put almost all your chips into uh, this season because you, you you don't know what's going to happen with next year or the year after that. And like I mentioned, Tim Anderson and Lucas Giolito are fighting for contracts this year. So, and Liam Hendricks, uh, hopefully he'll be back at some point this season. He's battling for his life right now. I know he looks great. He paid a visit to the clubhouse a, a week or so ago. So, uh, you you have to as of right now do it by bullpen by committee. We know in the long run that 
that method doesn't work. But as of right now, that's the way it's looking for the White Sox is, is you're trying to fill in the hole for Liam Hendricks. And uh, do they still have a shot to get into the playoffs? Yes, they do. Cleveland, I know they picked up Josh Bell in the offseason, but the, the target is going to be on their back because of what they did last year, especially after the All-Star break. Minnesota, I know they get brought back Correa. They traded for Joey Gallo, but I'm not impressed by their pitching. And can Byron Buston, who's a, a top-five player in MLB when healthy, can he stay healthy? And that's one of the main reasons why Minnesota fell off too last year, because he wasn't healthy, and the pitching staff, in particular their starters uh, in the back half, were terrible. Well, well, you could probably say the same thing about the White Sox too. I mean, we don't know what how the pitching staff is going to look, especially in that bullpen with – um, you know, Hendricks, you know, going through you know, what he's going through right now. Well, we, we don't know when he'll be back. So that's going to be, it's going to mm-hmm. be, you know, closer by committee for the White Sox. You know, Michael Kopech, you know, coming back from injury. That's going to be, that's another question people are going to be answering. Will we see, you know, Lance Lynn from a couple of years ago? Will we see the Giolito from a couple of years ago? Will we see a Tim Anderson, how, you know, from a few years back? How is Eloy going to look mm-hmm. and such? So I think, you know, for me, for me, I think, like I said, I think I'm definitely improving. All, like I said, all the teams will lose such Kansas City, I guess. Uh, all all the teams in the uh, AL Central, I think, have a, a not not so a legit shot, but they, you know, it, it's pretty open. And I think, you know, it, it's sort of like so you got a new manager, you're bringing him in, so it, it's going to be very interesting to see you know, how the Sox do early on. Now we saw the Sox have a have a fast start last year. You know, they tank pretty quick. So we'll see if that can be the reverse this year. I mean, you know, new excitement, new energy, but you know, yeah, a lot of the same guys. So that that's for me, I've been proving more with the Sox. So we'll see. And they gotta stay healthy as well. Now on the flip side for the Cubs, I know Sam Suzuka is a, is dealing with an oblique muscle injury right now. As you mentioned, they threw a no hitter last week, a combined no hitter against the San Diego Padres. But my question is for for them, where are they going to find the offense? Well, yeah, I mean, look, you got. I mean, I mean, like I said, you got you know Trey Mancini, you got Dansby Swanson, yeah, I think that they'll probably help you know help out in that front. Now again, you know with the pitching, I think you know the back end of the bullpen is probably going to be a, a an issue. You know, we'll see, we'll see how Marcus Stroman is this year. We'll see if they can kind of like I, I think with, other than St. Louis, you know, St. Louis is, you know, they're they're you know they're kind of starting over a little bit with a lot of their guys retiring and leaving. Uh, Milwaukee, I mean, you know, I don't know what you're gonna get with Milwaukee. So, you know, they get there are the favorites in that division, but again, I don't I don't trust them. I don't know. I mean, you saw what happened to them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, other other than the you know, the, the pirates and the reds, I mean, yeah, I think they're still rebuilding. Mm-hmm. The, the Cubs could kind of like at least I'm not gonna say they're gonna win the division or you know, compete for the division. They could definitely compete for one of the three wild card spots. Look, they 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 showed a lot of fight last year. A lot of people thought that you know that they were gonna you know suck and you know all that, but they did. They they say they were right there within five hundred. You know, of course, you know, with a couple other things happening, they they won like seventy seven games last year, seventy six or seventy seven. So mm-hmm. for me, yeah. So for me, I think we're for the Cubs. Get to five hundred. If you're there for right there, you know, in the running for that, you know, third, second or third wild card spot, I say go for it and see you kind of build on that. Yeah, I think the question is for Cub, if you're a Cubs fan and Cubs management, if you're around 500, it depends on how you're playing at the time, how you got there. Will Jed Hoyer make a move at the trade deadline if you're right there? Because assuming that the defense is going to be good, which I have to believe it is, you assuming that pitching uh, Kyle Hendricks will probably be back by the time the end of next month is up in April. If they're competitive, you would think that Jed Hoyer would make, the, make a move. I don't think you're going to mortgage too much of your future, but – Will he make a move at the trade line deadline? I think that's going to be the ultimate question if the Cubs stay around 500. Because, like you said, Milwaukee, 
they in limbo right now. St. Louis is the class of the, at the, of the division. I don't think they're as great as people make them out to be, but let's be realistic here. I think the Cubs, they can hang around. They do have a shot at a wild card spot. What else do you just don't know? You don't know how the how the the Cardinals are gonna look. I mean, like I said, I mean they're basically starting over, not 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 rebuilding per se, but mm-hmm. you know, like I said, you know, they've got a lot of their veteran guys. You know, got our Molina, you know, some others. I mean, they're they're they've retired. And then they got Wilson Gutierrez now. You know, he yeah. basically replaces uh, Albert Pujols. Right. So you know, Pujols is retired. Molina's retired. So. That that's gonna be kind of like the thing here, and I look. I think I think that, that, that NL Central, I think you know, it's gonna be very interesting. It's gonna depend on who's gonna get that get hot start early on. Can they keep it up? If the Cubs somehow get to a hot start, you know, can they keep it up? I mean, we saw what happened. It was back back and forth between the Cardinals and the Brewers. You know, the Cardinals were able to you know pulled away late. So that that division for me, I think, is definitely gonna be one of those. We'll get to it when we start doing our division previews. But mm-hmm. to me, that division is really gonna be kind of like the the, the, the toss up. I feel like. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid looking here with you on the Monday edition. Uh, before we get to Old School TV Monday, uh, I have a list, uh, another baseball list for you guys. It, it comes courtesy of Tim Kelly from Odyssey Sports, and he released his top 10 second baseman in MLB to watch for this season. We'll give you the list quickly. Number 10, Glaber Torres of the New York Yankees. Last mm-hmm. year, he had 24 home runs with 76 RBIs and 39 mm-hmm. walks. With a, a 257 average. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Kettle Marte of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Last year, he had 12 home runs, 52 RBIs, and 55 walks. Okay. Hmm, number it. eight, okay. Number eight, Brandon Lowe of Tampa Bay. Last year, he had 25 RBI, 27 walks, mm-hmm. and uh, an average of 221. Zero, he had zero defensive runs saved in a 0.9 war. Okay. Number seven, Nico Horner of the Chicago Cubs. He's still, yeah, he's Eric still- last year, 281, 10 home runs, 55 RBI, and 28 walks. Yeah, I, I like the fact that you've got, you know, you have Trey Mancini and Dancy Tawas, so that way the owners will be on Nico. Nico, if Nico could, just do, could do his thing and perhaps, you know, Horner, I mean, uh, like uh, Trey Mancini and uh, Swanson mm-hmm. and other guys to kind of pick up the slack. The owners will be on him for the offense. So, and hopefully, say I will be back, you know, before the end of spring trade so he can get some games in him. And, you know, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, Horner, they got a nice, you know, deep, uh, they got a lot of depth in the hitting. So, he's leading the, he's probably got to lead the offense too, at least for a little bit. Talk about Horner, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully he can have a breakout year, which I think he will offensively. Number six, Chaz Chisholm. I think he's a new cover man for MLB 2023 from the Miami Marlins. Last year, he had 14 home runs, 45 RBIs with a 254 average, two defensive runs saved, and three outs above average in a 2.6 war. Number five, my guy, Izzy Obles from the Atlanta Braves. Uh, He had eight home runs with 35 RBIs and 16 walks. Four outs above average in a 1.1 war. Okay, and I'll go back to Chaz Chisholm, uh, Chisholm real quick. I mean, we'll see if okay. he becomes a, such a, a such a trade talks because remember he there were some rumors that he was going to get traded, but mm-hmm. you know that they they couldn't find anybody you know, that would take him. I guess you know none of the deals that Miami likes. So especially if the Marlins have another bad year, which they're expected to. You don't forget, you know, we'll be seeing his name in the trading block for you know the next few months after the season starts. Yeah, he'll look in a White Sox uniform right now. But that's all. Another pipe dream. <laughs> Continuing with the with the list, number four, Jeff McNeil, who could have been a member of the White Sox before last season, but that didn't happen. Uh, Jeff McNeil of the New York Mets. 
Uh, he had a 326 batting average last year with nine home runs, 62 RBIs, 40 walks, three defensive runs, saved seven outs above average in a 5.9 war. Check it in at number three, former White Sox prospect Marcus Simeon of the Texas Rangers. He had a 248 batting average with 26 home runs, 83 RBI, and 53 walks. He had eight outs above average in a 4.2 war. Wrapping up the list at number two, Andre Jimenez of the Cleveland Guardians, 297 batting average, 17 home runs, 69 RBI, 34 walks, 12 outs above average in a 6.1 war. And checking in at number one, uh, the cheater, Jose Altuve of the Houston Astros, 300 batting average last year, 28 home runs, 57 runs batted in, 66 walks, uh, two out above two outs above average in the 6.6 war. And two World Series rings now, so you can't. Yeah, uh, yeah, so you can't. Yeah, that's a nice list. I mean, look, I, I, I think, like some, like I said, some of those guys are due for, especially the younger guys like Chisholm, like Horner. I mean, those guys, you know, I know uh, your guy Ozzy Albors. I mean, he's also due for a breakout uh, season. Hopefully, the team will be a little, will be better this year. But you know, again, it'll be interesting. You know, some of those guys are definitely going to be priming. Like I said, Nico Horner, I think, is definitely going to be the key for the Cubs if they want to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, be right there for the wild card. I think he's definitely going to be the wild card. All right, it's time for Old School TV Monday as we try to put a, a smile on your face as, you, as you're going through your workday for, for a Monday. We know Mondays can stink for a whole lot of people, but we try to uh, flip it and reverse it here on Sega City Sports. And today we will pay tribute to the ABC TV sitcom Perfect Strangers. That's right. Perfect Strangers ran for eight seasons from March 25th of 1986 to August 6th of 1993 on the ABC television network. Created by Delma Raven, the series chronicles the rocky coexistence of Midwestern uh, American Larry Appleton, played by Mark Lynn Baker, and is this a custom from Eastern Europe, um, played by Bron Bronson Pinchot. Originally airing on Tuesdays for the sixth uh, short episode for a season during the spring of 86, it moved to Wednesdays in prime time in the fall of 1986. It remained on Wednesdays until March of 1988, when it was moved to Fridays for the original TGIF Friday Night lineup which aired occasionally on Saturdays for a short time in 1992. The premise of the series chronicled the relationship between Larry Appleton and Balky, a cousin Balky, played by Bronson Pinchot. Larry, a Wisconsin native from a large family, moved to his first apartment in Chicago and severing his first taste of privacy with Balky, a, uh, an unknown cousin from the Manitou Radio, Mike Post, arrives attending to move in with them. And they lived in Chicago, and the in that in that sitcom turned out to be as critics called it uh, a buddy sitcom such as Laverne and Shirley and Mark and Mindy, which was uh, produced by the Perfect Strangers team. And Lakina, most people don't know this, but the spinoff on this show uh, uh, came uh, came to be known as Family Matters. And remember, the mother, Joe Mary Payton, was a, also a co-star on this show as well. I, I like this show because they were a fun comedy team. They were buddies. They went through the situations of life and work and dating. And I, I, the only thing I liked about the show, Lakina, is remember at the end of every episode, they did the the, the silly dance. I like the dance. I like the dance. Yeah, I, well, I liked it too. I just said that was the only real thing I liked about this show. They did the, the whoever had a great day, they got a promotion or they got a yeah. date or whatever. They did their little happy dance at the end. That was so that was so hilarious. 
Oh, those, 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 those probably one of my favorite parts about the show. I mean, it was a buddy sitcom, of course, you know, Bronson Pinchot, of course, you know, coming off his uh, star-making stint on Beverly Hills Cop. People forget about mm-hmm. that. He was, uh, uh, I forgot the character he played, but yeah, he was on there with, uh, with Eddie Murphy and uh, the game, of course. Marklin, Marklin Baker was actually a theater uh, actor before he you know, got into the world mm-hmm. of uh, television. So, you know, you got two guys that are pretty well-known, you know, coming together, of course. You know, uh, Balky adjusting to life in America. You know, you, you, you mm-hmm. just, you know, all types of, you know, the me posts, you know, which is actually is a real... Uh, it's a real country, by the way. I didn't think it was, but apparently it's like right near Greece or that area. So yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it, it's yeah. It was actually really cool to learn the customs there. It's something cool, like yeah, it was very like you know slapstick, you know, kind of comedies and stuff, physical comedies and and, and whatnot. But uh, it was it was actually you know, really cool for for its time. I mean, you know, you got you know, all the cool moments, you know, from Perfect Strangers and. You know, of course, the dance of joy, of course, when they made those uh, pastries, you know, they had the, you know, all that. You yeah. had, right. Yep. Right. Oh, sorry. I was having trouble with his Wi-Fi. But yeah, I mean, you had the, uh, we also, what else they had? They had like, you know, all the, you know, the cool customs and whatnot. Yeah, it was very, like I said, it was very a slapsticky, you know, kind of, you know, comedy. It was a big hit, you know, for you know, for ABC. And once once it moved to Fridays with uh, the, with TGIF, it was definitely, uh, you know, definitely kind of like, you know, was sort of like the, the anchor of that TG, of the original TGIF. I have not lined up. Say that again, because your 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 Wi-Fi uh, crapped up for a second. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, can you see me now. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. So yeah, you mentioned it was part of the original TGIF line with Full House, of course, Family Matters. We mentioned it was a spinoff from Perfect Strangers, and and remember, step by step, Bronson Pinchot yeah. appeared on that show the last couple of seasons before they got kicked off and moved to CBS. Uh, when I was little, I really didn't understand it until I saw it in reruns. I just like the fact that they showcased the city of Chicago yeah. uh, in, the bright, in the brightest of lights back then. Of course, they ain't showing you to the White Sox, but there's a whole other issue. But it was, uh, when it came to sports, they mentioned Michael Jordan a couple of times. It was always about, about the Cubs and the Bears and whenever they mentioned sports in their episodes. Yeah, they did. And, uh, you know, it was actually pretty, uh, you know, pretty interesting. And unfortunately, of course, you know, uh, a show shows its age and it moved mm-hmm. to, it actually ended up, you know, ending on in the summer, unfortunately. And, you know, for six, the last episodes aired over the summer, of course, you know, Balky and Larry married uh, the neighbors, you know, the pretty blonde neighbors, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Marianne and Jennifer. Uh, but yeah, it was it had a nice ending. They both they both had boys, all had boys, so they were all living together. It was actually a nice ending, even though it kind of felt a little bit rushed, of of course. But mm-hmm. it, but but even still, I mean, it was it was a, it was a great show. Like I said, it spanned a lot of uh, you know spinoffs. You know, look, Miller Boy Productions. I mean, you know, they 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 definitely were the cornerstone of a lot of those shows. So like the yeah. Perfect Strangers, they were kind of like the first, like the lead uh, for the uh, Perfect Strangers. So that was actually a really uh, you know all those shows came from that that production team. So it was definitely uh, great for what it was. It didn't win any Emmys. Look, you saw a couple of dramatic moments from, uh, from, from Bronson, of course, when Balky lost his mom, sadly. And, um, you know, and Mark Lynn uh, Baker, of course, uh, what, uh, if you, if you remember some of the famous guest stars that they had, I mean, you know, James Noble played Larry's dad for the great two part. remember they were all locked up in that basement. And, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 And all the, 
you know, they were, uh, you know, you know, the water was rising up, you know, also believe Moreno, who of course, you know, will be famous being known for playing George Lopez's mother on his, uh, t- uh sitcom. That's right. Yeah. Was, she got a star really, on this show too. Yeah. Yeah. She had a really co- a reoccurring role on that show. So yeah, it's, you know, they, they still keep, you know, Mark Lynn and, uh, uh, Bronx, they still keep in touch. You see photos of them a, a lot. And and whatnot. They're in their sixties now, so you make sure it makes you feel old. It'll make all of us feel yeah. old, <laughs> which is you know, which is absurd. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I like the you know, I like the you know, the show wasn't meant to change the world. It was, it was actually meant to be like a, a great sitcom for what it was. I mean, Louis mm-hmm. Anderson appeared on the show. Uh, Doris Roberts, of course, you know, before everybody loves Merriman, of course, she had been a veteran mm-hmm. uh, sitcom actress, you know, comedic actress. You know, she played on there for. For a while, for, she had a recurring role on that show too. Yeah, so there, are so many you know, great uh, guest stars and so many like great episodes. You can catch it on Hulu. You know, it's all right there in that Hulu lineup with all those other uh, great uh, TGIF shows. And uh, look, Perfect Strangers, I think was was one of those shows that it was a little bit like you said, it was a little bit of those those buddy comedies that you mm-hmm. don't see anymore, unfortunately. And you uh, really you don't. Know, it's all about television. so-called reality TV foolishness and. And most of the shows like that, they, they won't get green lit anymore. And our, our society has changed. Not saying that Perfect Strangers went through any controversy because they didn't. But if you want to do shows like that, you have to debut it on a streaming service now. Well, we've seen that happening, of course. And yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. a show like Perfect Strangers probably, probably would be better off going to a like a Netflix or a Hulu. They're actually, like I said, they're on Hulu. I think they're on Tubi as well, Tubi TV. So you can definitely check that, check them out. And uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I I thought it was a great show, and like like you said, I think a great you know buddy show. Of course, Joe Marie Payton. You know, we we of course you know played Harriet, the other elevator operator. You see how her uh her character kind of evolved. You know, mm-hmm. with family with family matters and such. I mean, we'll get to that uh, show uh, in a future. That's so important. Yeah, in a future date. Uh, yeah, because I yeah. have some stuff to say about that show, but. But yeah, it was great. I mean, it was it was very, you know, it, like I say, it was it was a great show from start to finish. It was you know great comedic. You know, it wasn't meant to change the role. It was just to make you laugh. And you know, look in the eighties, we appreciated that. Yes. So our old school TV money salutes to the eighties TV ABC TV sitcom Perfect Strangers. Makina closes right. out. All right. On that note, you follow me, Akina McGee, on the Twitter, and Akina McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you make sure uh, download your Sports on Chicago wherever you get your apps. Sports on Chicago. Follow us on all social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please subscribe to War Media on all social media platforms at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yeah, shout out to our guy Lamont Scott. As always, we got love for you too. Great show. And we'll definitely see you on Friday. Don't forget, Second City Sports. You can catch us right here on Sports on Chicago every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. One more again, you can catch Second City Sports live in living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time exclusively right here on Sports on Chicago. And just to add a bonus, we have a major announcement for you guys, but you have to wait till Friday to hear about it. So you definitely want to come back this Friday to hear that major announcement. No, no, we're not going to tell you yet. No, no, you got to tune in Friday to find out what that uh, big announcement is. 
But uh, yeah, with that said, you know, Sports Social Chicago, of course, you can catch us also on Roku TV, you know, whatever, you know, whatever app store, whether it's, you know, a Roku TV app or on the Roku TV remote, as I'll show you guys right here. Yeah, you can catch our, anytime you want, you can catch our show, Sean and Maya, uh, the Smoke Buzz. I, I know what's up, cuz I'm sure they're going to have a lot to say about the Bulls and others uh, tonight. <laughs> Especially with, uh, with March, Mad- March Madness coming mm-hmm. up, so I'm sure they're going to have a lot to say about that as well. But you can catch our show, if not in our regular times, anytime, any day, you know, whatever you know, works for you. It's all right there. You'll just you know, type in Sports of Chicago and you know, we're right there. Yeah, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. And in color or streaming color, whatever, however you want to say. <laughs> Technicolor. <laughs> oh, God, the old Technicolor. Good grief. We're going back to the 60s here, but uh, we're not that old, Sid. But, uh, oh. oh, on that note, for, you know, enjoy all the all the hoops, you know, all the college and the pro hoops, especially. You know, get to know some of those teams that are going to be singing the big dance starting next week. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. So, uh, for Sid, I'm the Kansas with Second City Sports on Sports Hill Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Till Friday, holla!